Welcome back to the People's Choice Podcast, everybody. It's your host, Alvin Peoples here, and I have a very special guest here. I've been following this man for a couple months now since really being introduced to him. Thank you, Marianne. Shout out to you. I mean, his music is real deep. It's real, real intense, but some real stuff, and I truly, truly like it, and I want everybody to check it out when you get a chance. Jay Diggs, the Prodigy, welcome to the People's Choice Podcast, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you. It's, it's always it's a blessing and an honor when people want to share their uh their platform with me so the the pleasure the honor is all mine sir thank you man i appreciate that because man i've been following you i love your single voices we'll talk a little bit more about even uh the stuff i heard from four of the come up i mean i'm like man this guy's really good man like i'm like (laughs) why why i just find this out dang it mariana i'm like (laughs) uh shout out to her though but uh man I like to always start my interviews from the beginning, just so all my audience, which I call my peeps, you know, should get a little more about you. So what was it like growing up in Fort Worth, Texas? That's where you're from? Yes, sir. Fort Worth, Texas. I mean, um, it, I don't I don't even know. Nobody's ever asked me what it's like being in Fort Worth. I mean, it's not it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. I would say that like I didn't I, I didn't grow up in like a terrible neighborhood or you know, having to fight for my life every day or anything like that. Like I was just a normal kid with normal kid issues and and stuff like that. It was just me and my dad. And um, yeah, up until like I was in high school when he got married. But other than that, it was just the two of us. And we did we did what we needed to do to get by. I, I focused on school, trying to be the best that I could in that. My dad focused on making sure that he could provide a life for the two of us so that we'd be good and my family, like my dad's family, the rest of them were always around to help. So, I mean, it, it was good. That's what's up. That's what's up. So how long have you been making music for? Um, I say about 12 years uh, in total. I did take some time off in the middle of that 12 years just to kind of honestly, I, I almost quit. Uh, but I took some time off just to, to deal with life, mm-hmm. uh, let life happen work on my career outside of music and everything like that. So, um, but yeah, I would say 12 years in total. Yeah. You've made an impact so far. I mean, you know, the sky's the limit, man, for, for real. Like I seriously believe in you as an artist and what you've already been doing. So that's great. I appreciate that. I mean, I really do. No problem. Who are some of the uh, artists that influence you, like your, your style? Uh, honestly, it's hard for me to narrow it down to just, a few because I listen to so much different stuff and some, a lot of it isn't even rap. Um, Growing up, obviously I listened to whatever my dad was listening to. So that could be anybody from bone thugs to notorious B.I.G. to Tupac E 40 and his whole clique that he had back then NWA ice cube. So that that's like my earlier like upbringing with music was that, but of course my dad didn't always listen to rap and hip hop uh frankie beverly and Maze, aretha franklin stuff like that like whatever my dad wanted to listen to is what i was listening to as a kid and i just learned to love it because i didn't really have a choice i, I wasn't gonna get in my dad's car and be like i don't want to hear this and change it <laughs> so uh, that's i mean that's what i was i remember one of the very first cds that i bought whenever i had the money to for me to pick the music and buy the music was nappy roots I bought a nappy Roots cd i bought little john Eastside boys nelly usher mm-hmm. Like I started, then I started putting together my own collection of music whenever I would like have 
money from doing chores or whatever the case may be. But and then through throughout like high school and stuff like that, like some of my, some of my best friends from high school used to listen to a lot of like I used to listen to like the use the starting line census fail a bunch of stuff that was not anywhere near the realm of hip hop. So uh, but as far as hip hop artists that I would say that have inspired me, um, I would say Kanye West is a big one because uh, he he popped around the time that I was in high school. And they say high school is really where you start to find yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye West was one of the first artists to come out that I felt looked more like me than a rapper like he didn't he didn't have a ton of jewelry on like he was just a a clean cut dude in a polo with a louis v backpack or whatever and i was in school so i'm wearing polos carrying a backpack and stuff like that i was like yo this dude looks like me and he was actually like he was still talking about some some actual stuff in his music even my son has grown to like kanye all these years later so um and he likes kanye's earlier stuff not not mm-hmm. to say he doesn't like what's currently out, but he prefers the earlier stuff like what I grew up on. So it, it just kind of came full circle. Uh, I listened to Lil Wayne a lot. Um, of course, there's a there's a whole music scene here in Dallas, Fort Worth. So I listened to a lot of those local artists, too, like uh, DSR. Uh, that's Big Tuck, Tum Tum, Fat Bastard, all of them. Um, just Fat Pimp. The whole Dougie movement that came through like uh, in the the late 2000 or early 2010s and stuff like that so just as time has gone by i'm inspired by somebody new um but i'm always looking to not necessarily reinvent myself but broaden my horizons of things that i can do as an artist definitely and it and it shows too it shows in, into your music and that's good and i'm glad that you touched on that saying you know broaden your horizon because i always feel like if someone's just listening to one genre of music it's like how can you ever grow you know yeah, like if all I listen to is hip hop, I feel like my music would sound exactly like what I listen to because that's where you draw your inspiration from. I catch myself like if if ever I'm sitting down trying to put together a song or whatever the case may be, I try not to listen to anybody else's hip hop music. I will listen to everything but hip hop if I'm trying to like put a project together or I'm really trying to work on a song because I don't want I don't want to be influenced by anything that somebody else said on the song because I'll be writing a song and be like, oh, that line was dope. Wait, did somebody else say that? Then I have to go back and think, damn, what was I listening to that inspired me to think of that line? Did I unconsciously just take a line from somebody or whatever the case may be? So I don't want to, I don't want people to come out and be like, man, that, that dude digs, he just be stealing lyrics. <laughs> true that, man, true that. But at what moment did you realize that you want to take music to the next level and instead of just having it as a hobby? Uh, honestly, I would still say that music is a hobby. Wow. Um, I just, I just know that I put more effort into it than I did. I would say the first half of my music career. Like at first I was making music because I wanted to be popular. I was out in the clubs. I knew some DJs from doing club promoting. So I'm like, I mean, if I get in there and really start, putting some music together i can get these djs to spin it and it and it, it happened like literally a couple of djs would if i made a remix of a song that was popular at the time they would mix it in with the original in the club occasionally or whatever and, and kind of give me a little a little spin show some love or whatever but i took a break from music i'd say about 20 2016 ish um right right uh right around the time my daughter was born 
Um, things were picking up in my career outside of music. My daughter was just born. So like the family thing was happening. I already had my son, but he was already of like growing to the age to where he was kind of becoming a little independent or whatever. And it was easier to try to get things done. But then when my daughter came in the picture, I was like, let me take a step back. Really not making any money off of this. I'm putting more money into it than I'm getting out of it. And like in my mind, I was like, the return on the investment for making music is terrible. I'm wasting my time. I'm not getting any traction, whatever the case may be. So I stopped. Um, I would still do features occasionally. I would still write some stuff just because you can never stop. Like even Michael Jordan still has a basketball court at his house. He's not going back to the league, but I, I just couldn't stop it. So one Christmas, my wife bought me a new mic, this mic that I have right here, actually. And I was just kind of like, that's a random Christmas gift because I, I never said I wanted a mic. I was I wasn't actively making music. And she was like, yeah, but I know it's something you really love to do. And like, I want to like I want to nourish that. Like, I want you to be able to make music if you want to make music without having to spend seventy five dollars an hour to do it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that kind of sparked a new flame in creating music because I really saw that somebody cared about the music that I was making because obviously like people would, they would buy the little physical copies of my CDs that I had. They would listen to my music when I would play it for them, but nobody had really just gone forth and was just like, look, I believe that you love music this much. Here's something that you can use to create that. So from there, I started taking it a little bit more serious Uh, But one of the biggest things that I always tell people is until the music can pay all my bills and take care of my family and all of that, it's still a hobby because I'm putting more money into it than what I'm getting out of it. So some people are just like, man, you you really you really got this music career going. I was like, I appreciate that. But at the end of the day, it's still a hobby. That's that's what's up, though, from your wife giving you that mic and just sparking that flame again. Because, I mean, like I said, your music is good. And, and just the the accomplishments you've made already, I mean, that's amazing. That's why I said sky's the limit. Yeah. I lo- but I love how you keep that in your mindset that this is still a hobby. That's what's yeah. Up. I mean, because I don't like no, and it's it's no offense to anybody who is legitimately making a living off of music. That's y'all. Mm-hmm. I have a career outside of music that is. I mean, obviously nothing's guaranteed, but it is more consistent as far as taking care of my needs and wants than music ever has been. Uh, The music pretty much pays for itself at this point outside of like features or music videos or like artwork and stuff like that. But like I still if you out there and you making a living off of this music things, I applaud you. Much respect to you. But I'm not. So I'm going to keep doing I'm going to keep doing it until either it starts to pay some more bills other than paying for itself, or I'm just going to keep doing it just because I love doing it. Facts, man. Facts. Definitely. What was it like when you, um, when you told your, your friends or family that you wanted to pursue it? And I uh, was talking with uh, Mariana about that. Your father's actually a pastor too. And yeah. I know like with at least where I'm from, a lot of pastors aren't really into rap music or anything. So what was that conversation like? So the, the crazy thing is, is like I said, growing up, my dad listened to a lot of hip hop music. He still does. He still mm-hmm. listens mostly to the hip hop music he listened to when he was younger, when I was younger and stuff like that. So with my dad being a pastor, my family being religious, they all be- they all we all believe not just they we all believe that anything that you do is a gift. Mm-hmm. like it's, it's a god-given gift a talent or whatever the case may be yes people can be 
taught to rap and create music and you can go to school for that. But there's a certain edge that people who have been given the gift to do it have over those who have been taught how to do it. So when I when I started making like little mixtape songs, like remixes to other stuff, before I even told him it was me, I would just like play it. Like every time I hang out with my dad, I'm always playing him a new artist that he may never heard of, or I'm playing him something new that I've worked on. And one time he was listening to it. He was like, who is that? That is dope. I was like, that's me. He was like, what? Since when do you rap? I was like, I mean, I've always like, you know, just done my thing here and there. I was like, but I was raised on hip hop. And and I mean, that's that's just what it was. And he was like, well, he's like, it, it doesn't surprise me because everybody in the family is involved, was involved in something musically at some point. Like we were all in the choir. My sisters uh, were in the choir. My dad was actually in a singing group that put out an album. Uh, my uncle has a singing uh, like a gospel singing group. So it's like music was always around me, whether it was listening to or like being at the live recordings. Like my aunt is really good friends with Kirk Franklin. When I was oh, a kid, awesome. she would take me to those live recordings of the album. So I was there and like trying to figure out why there's microphones everywhere. It's like, we don't usually have this many microphones in the church. What's mm -hmm. going on? And she'd be like, you got to be real quiet while they singing. Don't do nothing crazy. And I was like, and then just looking back on all of that, I was like, man, I've just been around music creation my whole life. So when I told them that I wanted to do music, of course, at first, my dad was like, you're doing Christian rap, right? I was like, what you just heard was definitely not Christian rap. <laughs> I was like, but it was like, I'm not a Christian rap artist. I'm just a Christian that raps. Yeah. Amen. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to sway from my beliefs or anything like that. I'm not going to sell out on what it is, who it is that I am and the, the, the morals and the values that were instilled in me and in growing up. But I'm also not necessarily going to make my music about that. I have done a Christian track that was a request by my dad. Ironically, it's on my SoundCloud, which I never use or promote. And it is the single most popular song on there. Awesome. So I'm just like, well, maybe, maybe if I put together a couple more of those and just keep letting <laughs> it run on my SoundCloud, something I might get on TikTok one day and be scrolling through and somebody will be singing along to a Christian rap song that I completely forgot I put out. Hey, true that. But they support they support me my aunts my cousins all my my nieces and nephews like all of them have been to shows um they don't go often because my dad's like i can't be around that all the time <laughs> messes with he's like i just don't he's like i'm getting old i don't like being out late but yeah, when i whenever i have a big show or it's been a while i know i know when to invite them and when to just let them know hey i'll be doing this because I've gotten real strategic in general, not just even my family, just friends, fans in general. Like if it's if it's a show that I'm preparing for and I prepare for every show the same way. But if I feel like this this one is going to be different, like if it just feels different in the preparation, that's mm -hmm. the one that I push the hardest and trying to get people to be there because I can feel it like it's going to be something different about this show. Mm -hmm. um, and back in 2019, I did a lot of shows. And I kind of oversaturated my brand. It got to the point to where it was harder to sell tickets because people would be like, well, you just made a post and you got a show like every weekend for the next month and a half. So if I don't make it to this one, I'll make it to the next one. If mm -hmm. I don't make it to that one, I'll make it to the next one. And it made it real difficult because I'm still doing all these shows in Dallas Fort Worth. I can see if I was touring around the country or around the state or yeah. something yeah. cool, that might be different. Like it'll be, it'd be the ticket sales could be more consistent if I'm, 
pandering to my fans in different areas, but I spend most of my time performing here in Dallas Fort Worth. So it's like, hey, it's a 45 minute drive to your performance. I'll catch the one next week because it's in Fort Worth, which is only a 20 minute drive or vice versa. If I'm inviting people from Dallas, they'll be like, I don't really want to drive to Fort Worth. I'll catch you next time you're in Dallas. So. But the support system is there because I I, I I can stay. I can say I would still do music if nobody supported me, but it definitely helps me want to push and be better because I know that there are people out there that support. That's what's up. I'm, I'm glad you got that support, man, for real. And, you know, I'm over here in North Carolina in Fayetteville and I'm bumping your music I've been bumping it pretty hard, too, for the really since well, about a month. Yeah, about a month since uh, since I, you know, found out, you know, who you were and talking with uh, Mariana. I mean, I'm yeah. saying I really, really do enjoy your music. And actually, I was going to bring up a single that um, I like, too, that you had a feature with Little Flip called The Come Up. What was yeah. the experience like working with him? Uh, So. That one was a little different because, like I said, I'm real big into like what's my return on the investment and in what I do, which is why typically when I do features, it's with, um, I'd say, lesser known uh, artists, mm-hmm. not people who have had platinum plaques and gone to Grammys, been all over the TV and stuff like that. People who you would consider who some people may consider a legend in their own right or whatever case like that. Mm-hmm. Um because if I'm spending hundreds to potentially thousands of dollars to get someone on a song, I expect more out of them. And this is where it's probably the problem. I expect more out of them than them to just be on the song. Like I don't want to pay you a thousand dollars to get on my song for 35 seconds. Like that's not cool. I get it. You're paying for the exposure. You're paying for access to their audience, etc. I understand the things behind that, but in my mind, it was always, what is the likelihood that this person's fan base is going to give a shit? Mm-hmm. So uh, a couple years ago, I was I was at work and I jokingly text my manager. I was like, I want to get a little flip on a song. He was like, we we could probably make that happen. I was like, just see, just see what you could do. See what the price is. I know it's not going to be free. Mm-hmm. It might not even be something that I'm willing to pay for, but let, let's let's just see what it is. Mm-hmm. And then like a couple hours later, he was like, hey, do you have a beat for this song with Flip? And I was like, not really. It was just kind of an idea. I didn't I didn't know if it was something that I was really going to want to do or what the case may be. He was like, well, mm-hmm. I got the feature. I just need you to send me a beat so we can wow. give him something to rap. I was like, oh, OK. So I sent him a beat. No topic. Well, we, we ended up giving him a topic, but I didn't have anything on there. It was just the beat. He sent me back the verse that you heard, and he also sent me back a chorus. Uh, we haven't used it. We may use it for another song, um, but he he just he really liked what we sent him and that we gave him free reign to do what he wanted to do. And then we followed up with that. And the cool thing about how I typically do with features is I'll listen to what they did. And if I already wrote something, if I'm if I'm rapping after them or before and after them, I try to restructure my verses to kind of make theirs tie into mine so it's more cohesive because i was not in the studio with little flip when that happened okay he was recording in houston four and a half five hours away from me i was still here in fort worth so we were able to make that entire thing come together in such a manner and my engineer made 
the 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 whole engineering and the mixing and mastering part of it so simple because he had engineered flip a bunch of times so it was zero issue with him to mix and master his vocals and then tie it into mine and make everything sound so cohesive that people are just like bro using the studio with little flip yeah i'm never gonna i'm never gonna lie to people be like yeah man we were kicking it no sir (laughs) i was not however I did not get back a generic little flip verse. Like it really fit the topic that we gave him. And it wasn't just uh, a hodgepodge or melting pot of a bunch of stuff he had said before. Like he had some, some lines that if you were from Texas or if you've ever been in tune with Texas music that you've heard, obviously he made mention of DJ screw and pimp C and stuff like that. Cause that's, that's what you expect from an artist from Houston. But just the way his whole verse flowed and then how I just backdoored it. Cause my, my manager was like, well, what are you going to do about a hook? I'm not going to do a hook. I'm just going, I'm coming right after him and do my thing and just try to keep up with like, get to that level of delivery and wordplay and everything that he was using on that. And so it turned out great. The only downside to the whole thing is to do this, to shoot the music video. It would have cost more than it cost to get the verse. So I was just mm-hmm. like, it's not the one that we will shoot a video to then mm-hmm. it wasn't in the cards at the time. We could probably afford to do it now, but I don't know that that's something that I want to pursue for that one because I've already moved into a plan that I have for my current single voices, yes, um, but yes. I am also still pushing uncrowned King Two, which has the come up on it. So awesome. And I was actually just about to bring up voices because like that song is deep and it actually hits home with me, especially for all my peeps that, that know me. And, um, you know, for new artists that don't know, you know, I've been through a lot in life and a lot of people have as well. And voices to me, it's just real deep. It's raw. It's intense, but like, it's some real stuff. So like, yeah. what really inspired you to, um, create voices? So like, like you said, everybody goes through something. Mm-hmm. I feel like, In the hip hop community, there aren't enough artists using their platform to bring awareness to things that matter. Depression, thoughts of suicide, actual suicide attempts, things like that don't really get talked about enough in music. And I feel it's because people are afraid to go there because it might take them back to their own dark spots, their own dark times and things like that. But sometimes you got to go there because I went through those things and I made it out. Mm-hmm. So me being able to go back and tell a story, my that is not that is a story that I came up with with my buddy Bobby that helped me write the song. That's a story that we came up with. It was a concept because they were thoughts that I had had in my darkness, in my darkest times. And then we just kept bouncing ideas back and forth. He's like, hey, like, why don't you make it a little bit more relevant to who you are now? And I was like, yeah, I could do something like that. Maybe include something about like my kids or my son or whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, it, it got real dark. Um, it took a lot longer to put that song together than what I normally would take because I wasn't sure that I wanted to be that vulnerable in a song. Like I was going to make the song. I just wasn't sure if I was going to put it out. And when we finally got everything put together, it was just like, we have to do this. Like we, we need to put this out because I know people personally who are going, who have gone through that. I've gone through that. You never know when this song is going to reach somebody who needs to hear that. Hey, there's somebody out there who has a platform that I don't have or a following that I may never have that 
is still a normal person and went through or is going through something that I went through or, or are going through. So I try to always make my music about my own real life experiences. I have written a couple songs that were based on other people's experiences just because they gave me the idea. They're like, yo, I, I've been going through this. You think you can make a song about that? And I was like, well, I mean, tell me about it. Cause I, I need to, I need to know a little bit more about that. If I've never personally gone through it to write a song about it. And then sometimes I can. And then other times I'm just like, you know what? That's your story to tell. I mean, I know you, you, you're okay with me making it into a song. I was like, but that's not, it'll be hard for me to push that off as an authentic me voices mm-hmm. that, that in my darkest time, like I, I had those questions in my head, like, and, and do I even want to be here? Like, what, what, what is my purpose? Why? Like, I don't understand why people are talking to me because I'm, I'm just a nobody or whatever the case may be. It got dark and the yep. story's not over. Um, voices is only part one. Mm. I won't put out there how many parts there's going to be, but just know part two is already in the works. Um, and there, there's some other stuff that are going to get with it. Um, I haven't figured out the, 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 the TikTok marketing scheme that I'm going to use for it, but I feel like mental health awareness is joked about more than it is just seriously discussed. Um, so I've got a buddy who's got a pretty, pretty large following on TikTok. Uh, I'm not going to use his TikTok to do it. I'm just going to have him help me come up with the content and like the right hashtags and how to put it together. And there's going to be a secondary rollout for the, for the second voices, but it's also going to be introducing people to the first one, telling them that, Hey, anticipate the part two, because you really need to understand what's going on in part one for part two to make sense. This isn't one of those situations like a Marvel movie where you can just go jump into the entire timeline whenever you want to, like you need to hear from voices to voices two or whatever. We decide to title the second one to however many other more that we do. Cause I feel like people aren't telling stories like that anymore. Definitely not. And I'm, I'm excited, honestly, as, as a, just as a fan, you know, of, of your music and just to hear that, like, man, it gets me excited. Cause yeah, you touched on a lot. And yeah. I feel a lot, especially for um, a male, young black male, <clears throat> to touch on stuff like that, because we really don't hear that in the rap world or hip hop community. Like we see more memes about mental health than anything. You know? Yeah. And- I mean, I was talking when I was putting the song together. I'm like, look, Tyrese went through a very public breakdown for not being able to see his child. Mm-hmm. They turned him into a meme. Will Smith sat on his wife's talk show and had to re-listen and relive the, the fact that his wife had an entanglement with somebody who had gotten so close to the family that it's just like, you should have seen this coming, but at the same time, there was really how much could you have done to stop it? And for the way that it affected him emotionally, even though he already knew about it by this time, he became a meme. And it's like they too far too often we just turn people into memes. And if I become a meme because of something that I do, it is what it is. That's never the goal. But it's like if you're gonna meme something about me, make sure you tell the full story in that meme, or make sure you attach what's really going on in that meme. And I feel like in society as a whole, especially in black community. We don't talk about stuff like this. Like we're not supposed to be depressed. We went through so much 
as a race that we should just be happy to be and that we're not where we were as a race. It was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I'm not in the fields working for somebody for just housing or whatever the case may be. I get it. We've moved past that, but that doesn't stop the fact that we still deal with depression. We still deal with thoughts of suicide, no matter how religious you may be, mm-hmm. it can still happen. Like these are real things. And I just feel like so many times people try to push it off as that's not black people don't have those problems. Mm-hmm. We have all the same problems that white people have that Mexican or sorry, Latinos have Asians, Europeans, Africans, okay. whoever depression is everywhere. And I feel like once the awareness of it is brought because everybody is aware that it's there, but most people are in denial. Yeah. They're trying to be like, Oh, depression is not a thing. Yeah. Oh, you feeling depressed? Just be happy. If it was that easy, <laughs> depression wouldn't be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's always the dumbest thing. Somebody be like, "Hey, man, what's yeah. going on? You know what? I'm just, I'm just feeling a little down. Like, I, I just need some time to myself. Man, don't feel down. You got so much to be happy about. Be happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. gee, thanks. Lot, yeah. You know what? My depression's gone. You just told me to be happy. I'm good. No, that's not how that works. Not at all. And depression is such an ugly beast. Like it, you could really feel like you were just so alone. And yeah, you could have like thousands of people on social media or, you know, hundreds in your, in your contact list on your phone. But yet when you're going through something, it's like you just alone or you want to just be alone and trying to find your way out. So, you know, that's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent. Same, man. Same. That's why I'm like, you, I, I felt that song, like, man. Voices. You feel like no one's going to understand or you don't want to burden somebody with your issues because you realize they have their own issues. And Facts. it's just like. Sometimes you have to get over yourself. And if you feel like you're going to be a burden, you just got to be a burden at that point until you realize that you're not really being a burden. You just opened up yourself. You made yourself a little bit more vulnerable. Now that person can hopefully help you. Hopefully, if you're going to open up to somebody, it's that right somebody. Because Mm -hmm. there are some people out here where the best thing that they have to talk about is somebody else, somebody else's business. So I've always been real selective on who I'll share certain things with. Uh, Recently, I've gotten more open and vulnerable, like even in interviews and stuff about wanting to talk about stuff like that, because I've put it in a song. Now I'm almost obligated to talk about it because everybody's going to ask me, how did you put this song together? Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. So that was another part of rolling out the song and putting it out that I had to come to terms with before I actually put it out. Am I ready to go there with people over and over again as I talk about this song. And I was like, clearly I am. Cause I just put it in a song. Yeah. I don't want my music to die with me when I, when my time comes, like it's a lot of people, like, I don't care how big I get, there will not be any posthumous J Diggs, the prodigy albums. Mm-hmm. Everything that I have will release. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess technically it would be posthumous if I put in my will that any music that is unreleased has to be released the day that I die. But I'm not going to let like that all that money and everything that could potentially come from that has to go back to my family or to a cause. Like if if depression and suicide do get the best of me, I want my family to be taken care of and then I want them to use anything else that they can to help others not have to go down the path that ultimately I may have taken. I don't feel like I'm in that headspace to where that's something that can happen now, but that's right now. 
Who knows what the future holds? That's true. And that hits home with me because I've been going through some stuff uh, recently. And even in the past, I I was able to get out of um, that hole. Now, you know, it's just been creeping up. So things change, you know, like, because I didn't think I would ever be in this position again. But then it's like, man, all this stuff just happens in life. And losing, I lost a, a real close friend of mine to suicide. And actually, yeah. the her uh, death uh, anniversary actually just passed. So it's it's been just rough because you just never know. You never know what someone's really going through. You know, they make smile and they're the happy ones all the time. And, you know, they can be the ones that's there for you or for so many people. But yet they so alone or feel so alone that they think death is really the the only option. So, yeah, you got to always check on the happiest people. Yeah, because I feel like the people who spend so much time making other people happy is because they know what it feels like to be truly unhappy and alone. Amen. I've got some I've got some friends that have opened up to me about their own depression, even before the song came out. And when you see them out in public, they are the happiest of people. They they're the social butterfly and all of that. But nobody knows that behind closed doors, they're dealing with their own traumas, their own demons, their own uh feelings of inadequacy or whatever the case may be. So yeah, that, that hits home. And I tell people all the time, they're just like, I just feel like I'm in a dark place and I've dug myself into a hole. I was like, you got to think of it this way. All of the tallest buildings in the world, before they became those tall buildings, they had to dig down first to lay that foundation. So if, if something happens and you feel like you're digging yourself in the hole, when you're ready to come out of that hole, use that hole as the foundation to the skyscraper that you're about to create for yourself in life. That's good advice right there for real. But to switch gears a little bit or back on your music career, I wanted to ask you, like, what is some of the best advice that you've ever gotten when it's, as far as the music career? Do it for yourself. I've had a couple people give me that advice, and actually some of them were pretty pretty up there like i always anytime i get an opportunity to meet an artist that has gone to where i'm trying to hopefully get or that has done more than i feel like i have i always ask them i was like look i don't want anything from you except just like if you could give yourself some advice not even just me because sometimes they'd be one to give us the 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 magic potion to get it done it was like what would you tell yourself knowing what you know now if you could go back in time and you got 10 seconds to tell yourself one thing as far as it concerns with music, what would it be? And the most consistent theme was do it for yourself and do it for the love. So, because once you, once you start adding in the business aspect of it, it really will draw the love out of it. Definitely. Man. Definitely. And you've accomplished so much so far in your career and um, you've won Artist of the Month for Blue Rhymes Entertainment in March. So congratulations on that. And I also saw you. that you won three awards too at the uh, Wild Out Radio. Yeah, I, like I won. Uh, I won two for um, top twenty song of the year for my songs uh, "Tryin" and "Law of Attraction," yep. and then I won uh, Artist of the Year from Wild Out Radio, and that was that was a repeat. I won it two years in a row. So yep. and. And it's crazy because I recently sent a song because they do music reviews weekly on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always sending them music because I know as much as I love them and they love me, they're never going to tell me that something that is bad or could be improved upon is good mm-hmm. or that like not even necessarily that it's not good, just that it could be better because they understand what I'm capable of. And it's like every time I send them something that's better, 
if I send them something that doesn't measure up to that, they're going to let me know. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes even the stuff that I send has to grow on them. Like I sent them my song, Drop It. Um, we sent it back in February, but they played it a couple of weeks ago. And they were like, they're like, we like it. It's just like, it seems a little long. And like, they gave me feedback on it. And then like the very next Sunday, they were just like, you know what? We've listened to that song a couple of times since then. Like that song rides. And it was like, yeah, so, sometimes it has to grow on you and it, it doesn't hit you immediately. But like, I didn't get offended because they didn't like the song because mm-hmm. you can't take offense to that so when whenever they gave me the artist of the year the first time i was just like yo like how like i i've i've heard the other music that gets submitted and i'm not afraid to admit that a lot some of that music was better than mine mm-hmm. but they said that it came down to more than just the music what was i doing outside of the music to help push the music further and that's what helped me get it this last year it came down to votes they let people vote and they said there were a ton of votes that went through and the margin of me winning versus the 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 person that was next closest to winning was seven votes. And I was just like, whoa, well, thank cool. you to the thank you to those seven people that chose me over someone else. But it, it was it was very humbling because the, there was one guy who won song of the year. So like his song was like the song of the year. And like that dude is a beast. And I really thought like when I saw his name on there as part of the artist of the year nomination, I was like, if I lose to anybody, it's going to be him. And and I didn't. So I was just like, OK, that's dope. And it, it like it, it, it's something it gave me something to be proud of, because sometimes you don't always feel like people really recognize the work that you're doing. They just recognize the work that you put out or lack thereof. And I feel like Wild Out Radio has done a great job of recognizing underground or independent or up and coming, whatever you want to call us artists, for the work that they're doing and the consistency and the quality of which they're doing it. Definitely. Shout out to them and congrats to you on winning that. Yeah. It's, that's it's pretty it's pretty impressive, man, for real. Especially. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for me to get the three P like. I know the J stands for Jordan, but I don't know if I'm Michael Jordan. It's gonna be hard to three feet. Because they, I I believe in you. I'm gonna try. I haven't sent them voices yet. They've already heard it, which I may not send it because of that. Because they try to do their reviews blind. They try to review the songs that they have not heard, and I've already put voices out. So it's gonna be. It it may not even make the reviews, but if it does. I promise you it's going to make it real difficult for others to come for that song of the year. Facts. That is facts. So what keeps you motivated? Like what keeps you so motivated? Like you've accomplished so much already. You still got, you know, other things outside of music from you. You have your own business. You have a successful day job, family man. Like what, what keeps you so motivated to keep pushing? Just making sure that my kids and my family have the life that they want. I'll, I know that I'll, that I can provide for them the needs. They need a roof over their head. They need food to eat. They need clothes on their back and stuff like that. But I want to be able to provide them the wants. Like my son really wanted a PS five. He didn't need one because he had a PS four. He don't play anything that doesn't exist on both consoles, but I was motivated to get him a PS5 because that's something that he wanted. He's not a bad kid. He gets straight A's. Like he's he's not out here 
cussing at me or anything that I, at least not that I know of. So it's like, I want to be able to get him the things that he wants. I want to be able to get my daughter the things that he wants. Um, and then when things come up, I want to be able to get the things that I need. We had some car troubles a couple of weeks ago. We needed another car. If I, if I was one of those people that was just fine with just getting by, we would still be in need of another car. The new car that we purchased gets delivered today. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm, me being able to do those things and progress through life and be able to look back on where I came from, still not really being able to see what's ahead of me. Because I tell people, if your future is truly as bright as you think it is, you then you should not be able to see what's ahead of you. If you've mm-hmm. ever looked into a light, you can't see anything. So if your future is bright, you don't know what's coming. You just know it's going to be good. So it's okay to look back at where you came from because it's going to motivate you to not go back there. Like I have been broke and like by broke, I mean, I couldn't pay my bills and I couldn't get gas to get to work broke. Like nowadays I might say, Oh man, I'm broke, but like all my bills are paid. I just don't have the money to go do some stupid stuff Mm -hmm. to throw. Like I don't have the money to just throw around. So, but my motivation is just making sure that all of my careers are progressing in a manner that I can give my family the life that they want. Amen. Man. Amen to that, man. That's, that's a great answer for real. <laughs> I've, I've asked questions like that before. And I was like, wow, that's, that's probably the best one like that I've heard since all my, why now on fifth, my 53rd interview. <laughs> yeah. You're going to hit that. You're going to hit the triple digits real quick. Oh, I can't wait. I can't you wait. Definitely. So, uh, and one thing, well, that's one thing. It's actually two things. <laughs> I, I ask all my guests because I just love the answers I get. Yeah. Is um, one is what is a hidden talent that you have that maybe your fans, friends, or your family don't even know about you? A hidden talent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily have one because I'm always like when I figure out something that I can do that I didn't know I could do. I'm always finding a way to make it relevant to something else I'm already doing. Like being able, for instance, like my family, like I said, we were all in choirs just because we were in the choir doesn't necessarily mean that we could all sing. We might be able to carry a note, a tune or something like that. Uh, one thing that I've recently gotten better at is being able to like harmonize or, or like vocalize more than just speaking in a rapper voice or whatever the case may be. And that was something that, I've been working on and I'm a lot better singer now than anything that is currently out because I keep working on it and I keep adding a little bit more of that to every project or every couple songs or whatever the case may be. So in the future, you're going to hear some singing on my album and you're going to go look to see who that is featured on there. And you're not going to see an extra name because it's going to be me. Um, of course, my dad would love to hear that because he's a singer. My aunts are singers, sister singer. But it's like I'm trying to get back to my roots with things that I did in life and incorporate that into what's going on now. Like the sign behind you says, don't forget your roots. I'm trying to make sure that I keep myself grounded and go back to what got me started in my love of music, which is the music my dad listened to being in the choir at church. And now to what I'm doing. So putting all of that together, it's just going to, it's going to make for something that's great later on. But other than that, I don't really think 
I don't see myself as a super talented person. Like I even like with the accolades and things that I've gotten for my music, I'm still just like, I mean, I'm just a normal guy. Like I put my pants on one leg at a time. I don't have nobody that dresses me. I have, I have my own things that I like to collect. Like you can see a wall of shoes behind me. I have a PlayStation here. I like to play video games with my, with my son. We have our own Twitch channel and we stream, but other than that, I'm just a normal dude. I just happen to be able to make words rhyme in a way that people like. And I love how humble you are, man, for real. <laughs> I'm <laughs> nobody dope, crazy. Man. Like I tell people all the time, whether I'm getting one stream or millions of streams on the regular basis, like I'm super approachable. And at the same time, sometimes I just want to be left alone. Are you on that? <laughs> and the other uh, question I always ask my guests is, what is one of your favorite quotes that you lean on during the good times or even the bad times? Okay. Um, somebody actually just asked me this at work the other day because they needed it for um, a, a shout out that's being created for an award that I just won at work. And so, the quote that I sent them was, excuses will always be there for you. Opportunity will not. Mm. You got to make sure that when the opportunity arises for you to do something that you want to do or that you need to do, you seize that opportunity right then and there. Because you'll always, if you miss the opportunity, you'll have all the reasons in the world why you missed it. But that opportunity isn't going to come back. It's very rare that an opportunity presents itself more than once. Just like it's rare that lightning strikes twice in the same place. Opportunity and lightning are just alike like that. They're not going to hit at the same time in the same spot or whatever the case may be. So drop the excuses, seize opportunity by the horns and keep it moving. Definitely. I like that one for real. Been dropping bombs all day, man. <laughs> <Tell you. laughs> where, where can all my peeps and new audience find you on social media? So on, sure any, put it in the, the on any social media, you can find me. It's. My 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 tagline or whatever is it's J Diggs and it's I T S underscore J D I G G S and it's like that for Twitter, Instagram, um, TikTok, Snapchat, PlayStation Network. You want to come play Fortnite with me and my son? Hey. Find me on there. It's J Diggs and even the website that is currently being reworked and everything like that is it's J but that doesn't have the underscore. Uh, shout out to Mariana for going and kind of like looking over my website and telling me everything that was wrong with it. (laughs) (laughs) it, But I I appreciate it. I told her I appreciate the honesty because there are probably a lot of other people who looked at my website and saw things were wrong and just didn't want to say anything. So I appreciate her for that. um, And making sure of that and making sure that I'm representing myself and my brand in the right way. So the website is under reconstruction, but Everywhere else is still up and running. So it's underscore J Diggs on all social media platforms. Come find me. Let's chop it up. Definitely. And yeah, definitely shout out to Mariana because she's done the same with me <laughs> with the uh the podcast. But I love that. Like I, I literally said the same thing to her. I was like, man, a lot of people have been telling me just, oh, this is good. Well, I really like it. But yet she was able to find like all these things. And that's why like the podcast is going to continue to evolve and grow. So definitely yep. big and shout that's out. Why to my, that's why my brand is going to continue to grow because it's not that she just like her and blue rhymes. They don't just write a review for everybody mm-hmm. who sends the music. They got to actually like the song. Like when I originally sent her voices, I wasn't even sending it for a review. I sent it to her just to listen because I knew she had an ear for music. It was something different and she would 
she would give me the real in the most educated manner ever. Like, I remember the first time I read one of her reviews, I was like, who wrote this? An English teacher? Like, <laughs> just the, the way she describes things is just like, what the hell? And then like, and, and it's consistent. Like, I've read the articles that she writes about other people. And I was just like, yo, like, there's, there's professors in college who probably can't write this well about music. And she just really gets it. And I sat down and like, I was messaging her. And I was just like asking her about her, like, how are you doing and what's going on? She was like, what do you want? I was like, excuse me. She was like, people don't usually just like talk to me like that. And she's like, I'm not trying to be rude, but do you want something? I was like, no, like if I need a service or anything, I'm going to, I'm going to pay you what your asking price is. I'm not looking for a discount or nothing like that. I'm just trying to check on you as a person. Like you heard the song voices I just put out. You need to be able to check on people. And she was just like, Okay, well, I I really appreciate that. And she was telling me what was going on. And I was like, you know what? Like, if you just need to vent or whatever, my inbox is open. I'll read it. It's a seven hour difference. So I'll read it when I wake up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but yeah, like she real cool people. And she's a she's a great person. Her and the whole Blue Rhymes uh, entertainment family. They are awesome. They've been awesome to me and my manager. And they've written reviews about other artists that i know and they've written reviews about artists i never heard of that i now listen to so she's literally using her platform to put the world onto artists that otherwise would remain unknown to a lot of people definitely hell she connected me with you i had never honestly i had never heard of your your podcast and like she called me and was like hey i want to talk to you about this as far as what you get for winning artists of the month because i thought i was going to get another review out of it and i'm like okay cool let me figure out what song i'm gonna send her to review and she was like hey we can do another review or we can try a a podcast interview i was like i want the podcast interview like i want to sit down and talk to more people because people can only get so much of me out of my music it's these kind of interactions where people really get to know me and how weird I am. So, <laughs> well, I, I'm honored to be able to, to figure out how weird you are and put it out there. I'm like, <laughs> but not for yeah, though. I'm weird as I hell, am, y'all. <laughs> but I am honored though, and uh, definitely big shout out to Marianne for hooking us up, you know, and just introducing me to your music and many other people too. I mean, yeah. when I had her on, she showed me the hundred thousand uh, like crown thing she made. Yeah, I and, saw that. Like that was just mind blowing. It's like wow. So there's so many people, and I'm just I showed that I showed that to my employees, and they were like, "Why does she have your big ass head on there?" I was like, "I don't know why she chose to use just my head, but it's on there." <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. It was pretty good. <laughs> so uh, just a few more questions before yeah. we uh, we wrap up. So I've been really big on gratitude. That's really been really keeping me like really grounded and stuff these days, especially these hard times I've been facing these few months. So what are three things that you are most grateful for? My family, my health, and my heart. And it sounds weird, but my heart has nothing to do with my health, even though it kind of does. But like, I was raised in a family that looked out for each other, but looked out for those that we came in contact with as well. And I am blessed to say that in my everyday life, I am able to like touch the careers or lives of other people in a way that I hope can be productive and help them progress forward. Um, I haven't always lived the healthiest life. And um, I only recently started visiting my primary care physician on a regular basis to make sure that my health is good. And 
I'm blessed to say that one, I'm still here. I got all my limbs. There's nothing crazy going on with my body, but there was a, a shock to me that I received last year. And it, it created a change in not only like my health habits, but it just created a change in my life that I feel has uh, opened my eyes to how quickly things can turn around for you in your life for the good or for the bad. Um, and then, of course, my family, they, they help keep me grounded. Um, as a child, that was literal. They would literally ground me if I did something bad, mm -hmm. but they help whenever I feel like life is getting the best of me. Cause my, my family doesn't get together often. And it's because that's what makes, I feel my family so special is we don't get together often, but we're never not in touch. Uh, we always know what's going on with each other, or we're always open to talk to each other, but we're not so under each other constantly that it creates issues. And we start to use those things that we're going through individually against each other. Um, I talk to my dad pretty much almost every day. We have a family group chat where we communicate in there of what's going on with us or asking if we want to get together, go bowling as a family or work out as a family or whatever the case may be. Uh, but I, I have a family that really su not su only supports me, but we support each other. Like my sister went to school to do hair and makeup and stuff like that. And she she's great at that, but she has really found a passion in baking and we support like, honestly, I'm trying to lose weight and she every week she's making something new. And I'm like, oh, I got to try that. Uh, my, my aunt does catering and meal preps and stuff like that. And whenever I really get it in my head that I need to eat right, I will go to her to my last bad meal and then a week's worth of good meals <laughs> at the same time. Like my dad is a certified personal trainer. Whenever I can't figure out what I need to do to help get the weight loss or get the healthiness kicking in the right way, I'll go to one of his boot camps or I'll just call him up or shoot him a text like, hey, I'm trying to achieve this. What can I do? And then they still reach out to me. Hey, what are you and the kids up to? How's your wife going? How how's music going? Like they've never been like, how's the little music thing going? Because in their mind, mm -hmm. you don't want to you don't want to belittle somebody by calling something that they do little. Like no mm -hmm. one's like, how's your little personal training thing going? How's your little catering business going? How's your little baking thing going? It's always like, how is addictive treats? That's what my sister calls her baking company. How is addictive treats doing? How is the brisket barn doing? Which is what my, my aunt calls her catering is like, cause she's really good at making brisket or temple 12 is the name of the boot camp that my dad has. How's Temple 12 going or whatever the case may be. They're always like, how's the music going? When are you putting out something else? When's your next show? Whether they're going to be there or not, they always want to know because they're going to push it on social media to help me. They'll buy tickets, even if they're not going to be there, just because they know, I mean, as an artist, we sometimes I got to sell tickets. So they'll, they'll buy tickets to help make sure that I get my tickets sold. So they keep me rooted. They keep me grounded. They keep me motivated. And they just kind of spill into everything else because they help and support me in everything, including my health. And when I have ideas for things that I want to do to help others, they are like the extra strength in my heart for me to be able to do that, regardless of what I'm going through personally. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's so, so great to hear, man. I'm glad your family is so supportive like that. And y'all so tight like that. That's so important. Yeah. Uh, and you gotta I, have your family. Cause when you don't have nothing else, like I know some people who don't have any family left. They've lost their mom. They didn't have siblings and their their mom and or dad were were like single kids or whatever. So they they didn't have aunts and uncles. And I mean, it's, it's weird because we we're now realizing that we're getting older 
Mm-hmm. Like me and me and three of my really good friends went out for just a, a chill guys night last night. And we ended up at a bar where just about everybody there was probably younger than us. And it was just like, man, like that used to be us. Mm-hmm. Like that's not us anymore, <laughs> but that used to be us. Like, wow. Like we, we, it really starts to sink in because you go through life and like, you always look at your parents as they're the adults, mm-hmm. but we're adults too. Like I'm in my thirties. I'm an adult. My son looks up to me and is trying to figure out if like what's going on or whatever the case may be. So, but yeah, it's just, it's just weird. Like it, it's just life. I just had a birthday that passed. So I'm, I'm feeling oh. a lot older already. Happy <laughs> birthday. I got a birthday coming up, so I, I'll be older. So <laughs> thank you for that. And, and, you know, happy early birthday. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. I know you, you uh, last question. I know we talked about voices and just I'm, I'm excited for part two, possibly. I don't know if this year I'm going to officially call it Voices Part Two, but yeah, what I'm else? Figuring out the name, but it, f- right now it's Voices Part Two. All right. I was going to say, what, what else could um, your fans expect from you uh, this year? This year, expect a lot more relatable content. I've always felt like my music was relatable because I just make it about my life, but I'm going to be tailoring the content to reflect that because people aren't just auditory and how they take in art some people need to see it some people need to feel it um some people somehow want to taste it i don't know how i'm going to bake my music into something i'll have to get with my sister to figure that out maybe i'll start selling cookies off the website or something like that. Hey, but, <laughs> put a QR is, code, scan the QR code before you eat it, you know, get your music out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know hey. what? I can sell cookies and get the like the edible ink. Yep. Paint the QR code on there. You scan the cookie and then while you enjoy the cookie, you enjoy the music. That's smart. Hey. If, I, if I figure that out, I'm gonna have to give you a cut on that. I appreciate that. that. <laughs> but no, just expect expect more of what you got from voices, which is honesty in music vulnerability in music kind of going the direction that not a lot of people are willing to go and it's not to say that i'm trying to completely separate myself from everything because obviously i want to be separate from the pack i don't want to fall in and and seem like a clone of anyone else Mm -hmm. but i don't want to be so far left field that people are just like what the hell is going on with that guy (laughs) so just expect expect the unexpected because realistically, I don't know 100% of everything that I'm going to do this year because the ideas are still coming to me. But if you've seen me do it before, you'll see me do it again. Only I'll do it on a much larger scale than what I did before. So if there's something that you, whether you're a new fan or a, 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 a longer time fan, if it's something that you saw me do that you like that you haven't seen me do in a while, expect me to do it again. And if you don't think I'll do it again, remind me. I take feedback really well. It's like, hey, Diggs, Definitely. remember last time when you did this and you did that? I thought that was pretty cool. You should try that again. All right, I'll try it again. Why not? If I got good results out of it and I didn't go back to it, that's a fail on my part. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm still human. I forget stuff. So <laughs> Definitely, man. Jay Diggs, the prodigy, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely. Pleasure is all mine. And like you said about the future being bright, I believe 100%. We don't know what's going to be there, what's going to come and hit you, but your future is definitely bright, my brother. Big salute. Keep your shades on so you don't go blind looking for it, but keep looking into that light. Definitely, man. Definitely. All right. Y'all have a good one, y'all. Y'all take it easy.